What if I told you that you can design and live the life that you want on your own terms? Would you do it? Would you take a leap into the unknown? Or would you settle for a life of limits? A life of safety but lacking true meaning? Zeph and Moses Blacksburg here, and I'm on a journey to help you ignite your inner passions, let go of your fears, and get more out of life. Will you join me and make this year your year of purpose? Welcome to the Year of Purpose podcast. Hey everybody, Zephan Blacksburg here back again on another round of the Year of Purpose podcast. And today I'm joined by Andrea Ayers, and she is the CEO and founder of Launch, Grow, Joy, and Get Media Happy, the go-to source for top editors and bloggers seeking product-based news stories from media-ready entrepreneurs. Her mission? To make PR less intimidating for those entrepreneurs who can't afford a monthly retainer fee for a professional PR firm. Andrea opened her first product-based business selling inspirational t-shirts in 2006. Despite knowing little about the industry, she went on to sell over 20,000 t-shirts in over 300 stores in the U.S. and around the world. In more recent years, she has focused on helping hundreds of entrepreneurs secure media coverage through one-on-one consulting and coaching over at her website, Launch Grow Joy. And, you know, welcome to the show because this is such an awesome thing to talk about is building a business for yourself and building a brand for yourself that lets you live a life on your own terms. And that's exactly what we're all about. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. This should be fun. Yeah, so I saw that, you know, you started with t-shirts and Mm -hmm. this is something that I think is so cool is I was just talking to uh, Sarah Peterson and she was saying that uh, she started just selling things on Etsy. And so Mm -hmm. I think so many people listening to this podcast are like, oh my gosh, like I can never start a business. I can never get into this stuff. I don't really know what I'm good at or or where to to get started. So how did you find t-shirts? Like, what was it where you're just like, I'm just going to go sell a bunch of (laughs) t-shirts? Yeah, no, it wasn't quite that that clear to me when I first started. So I um, have a background in marketing and I went to school for marketing. I had all of my jobs are in marketing. And then I, this was when I was living in New York City and I got pregnant with my first baby. And my husband and I decided that we wanted to get out of New York, not raise our kids in New York. So we picked Boulder, Colorado as our destination. And when I got to Boulder, I started looking for jobs again in marketing. Marketing, um, basically doing what I knew and I was having a really hard time finding a job and the jobs that I was finding were really low paying like $10 an hour or $12 an hour an hour and I thought, okay, I'm about to have a baby. There's no way I can do a job that's $10 an hour. So let me see if I should start my own business. And I have to say, I had been an entrepreneur before. Um, it was never a full-time thing though. It was always something that I did on the side, whether it was designing websites for people or helping with marketing, consulting, or even selling stuff on eBay. I've always had something on the side pretty much as just an extra source of income. So when I thought about launching a business, I thought, okay, what kind of business can I launch? I can continue to do consulting and marketing. I can launch a product. And then I got really excited about launching a product. And at the same time, as I was 
thinking a couple of different ideas of products that I can launch, I was in a yoga class and um, someone was wearing a t-shirt that said be present on the t-shirt and for some reason it just really caught my eye and it made me stop and think about what I was doing. And it made you be present. It, it made me be present, exactly, and it made me be really mindful and I just remember thinking I that's what I want to do. I want to launch a t-shirt company, I want to inspire people and I want to sort of make them stop <clears throat> you know, stop in their tracks and think about what they're doing and just take a, a quick break during the day. So I ran back home after my, my yoga class and I started looking online about how to launch a t-shirt business and what it takes and what's involved. And before I knew it, I was ordering t-shirt blanks and learning about screen printing and all of the fun stuff that goes into starting a t-shirt brand. So that's how that got started. So it was me not being able to get a job and then seeing someone wearing this t-shirt. And I was like, I think I'm onto something here. So, um, so yeah, I kind of came out of nowhere cause I wasn't preparing to have a business idea in a yoga class. I was just looking to do yoga and, uh, and yeah, that's how that happened. Very cool. So this, the <laughs> best part about this is it's not necessarily something you had experience in before. You know, you didn't know a whole lot about t-shirts before starting. So it's great to be able to like find this new skill or this newfound passion that, that you can go off of and especially create a business around it because the best part about t-shirts is you can sell them from anywhere. And exactly. So you don't have to have a, a physical location. So that's really great. And I'm sure that probably mm -hmm. helped you a lot when the baby came because then you can work from home. You don't have to be mm -hmm. anywhere at any certain time. And that probably opened up a lot of free time for you. It did totally. I mean, it was everything was a learning experience. So I remember even looking at t-shirt blanks and buying them, but I couldn't really try them on and really get the right fit. So I was like, oh, I'm starting a business. This t-shirt looks nice, but I can't even try it on to see if it fits nice. But I trusted my gut and went with um, a style of t-shirt that I thought other people who did yoga would really love and that I would really love too if I can actually wear it, um, you know, and not be pregnant. So, so yeah, a lot of it was learning as I go and I was just so passionate about launching this idea into the world and I think I'm the kind of person that if I get an idea and I feel like it's the right idea, I'll just run with it. I don't care if I'm not ready or if I don't know anything about it, I'll just really immerse myself in it and, and learn as much as I can and, and get it off the ground. So I think that really helps too that I was dedicated. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And and so I guess you had a little bit of background though in PR marketing. So mm -hmm. once you do have a t-shirt, obviously you've got to figure out how to get it to sell. Exactly. So what do you do to to build an audience of people? So for everybody listening in who might be interested in a business, they're thinking, oh, well, I could sell this, but I have no one to sell it to. Yeah, so that was um, an interesting dilemma for me, too, because I had done marketing, but all of the marketing that I did was for companies that had big budgets and they couldn't afford, you know, $5,000 for a copywriter and $20,000 to buy a list and all of that stuff. So it was, I, I knew the importance of knowing your target customer and marketing and putting yourself out there. But it was such a different application of it launching online because I didn't know about launching an online store. So I had to learn all of that. But I think what really helped me is that because I had the idea in the yoga class, I knew that I wanted to sell my T-shirts to yoga studios. And I thought, you know, if 
I do yoga, I'm passionate about it, I'm in a yoga studio, I totally would buy this t-shirt if it was in the boutique that comes with almost every yoga store. So what I did after I got my t-shirts screen printed and put them up on the website, I started reaching out to yoga studios. So I spent an entire weekend making a list. It was over 3,000 yoga studios that really, I literally just Googled yoga studios in the USA, made a list of them. I used the Yoga Journal magazine. They have like an annual directory of yoga studios. And I built a list of over 3,000 yoga studios for the weekend. And then Monday came and I started just emailing those yoga studios and saying, Hey, we just launched. Um, I think your yoga students would love this. Do you have a boutique? And if so, would you be interested in carrying our t-shirts? And I was shocked at how many of them said yes. And I, um, sold out of my first t-shirts. I made 96 t-shirts and sold out of them within my first month. And it all started from there. So I think, just my the fact that I took the time and I was really specific and I thought, okay, I want to start with yoga studios and it can expand to other people and other things later on. But this is, I have their email address. I can get it from their website. I can reach out to them and send an email. And I think that gave me the confidence to know that this was the right business for me to be in. And I would just get so excited. But at the same time, there was still so much that I didn't know because one of the yoga studios said, oh, we're definitely ready to um, to carry your T-shirts. Do you have hang tags? And I was like, oh, I don't have hang tags. Okay. But of course, I said, oh, yes, I have hang tags and I'll make sure to send hang tags. You know, so then I Googled how to do hang tags and printed some on a business card and attach them to my t-shirts and then other yoga studios would say oh i would love to do this but do you offer net terms and i was like what are net terms <laughs> so you know all of it was just me listening to the questions that they were asking and then um googling what that meant and doing it and sending the t-shirts out so that's how i, I really got my start you, you brought up a really important skill there that i actually did a lot when i was mm-hmm. getting things off the ground is when someone asks you if you mm-hmm. have something or can do something and you know that you can figure it out, just tell them that you have it. Yes, <laughs> <Because> exactly. <laughs> I, I did the same thing. I, I think I've told this story a couple times now is my first job in college was I applied to be a photographer for the school mm-hmm. newspaper. And I, you know, up until that point, I'd only used a little point and shoot digital camera. Mm-hmm. I never used the nice big cameras that I use all the time now. Yeah. And uh, that it got me in the door and they awesome. they, uh, they yeah. gave me the job and then they're like, all right, we're going to put you out on this assignment to, you know, shoot whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, all right, well, now I don't have a camera. <laughs> so I asked, I somehow convinced them that mine wasn't working right. And I asked them if they had any extras lying around and they did. They had an extra camera and I took that camera oh out. God. And so it's... Uh, it's a really great thing to do is is know your boundaries with it first, but just tell them that you can do it and figure it out because uh, with the internet and with Google, it's so easy now to find yeah. out how to do these things. Totally, yeah, I love that story. <laughs> and, and you got it's, it. It's, it has served me so well. I mean, it's uh, the first six months I was in business, I went to a networking event and I told this guy what I did. I said, I, you know, shoot videos. And he said, oh, do you ever do animations? Because I work with the Philadelphia Eagles and all of these NFL football teams. And, you know, they, they might be looking for some videos to go up inside mm-hmm. of their stadiums. And I'm like, in the back of my head, I had like a split second moment of NFL football could be a client. Just say <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I didn't do animation at the time. I was just like, yep, 
Yeah. And uh, sure enough, like a month later, he emailed mm -hmm. me and was like, so, uh, you know, we want to do these animations. They're going to go up and be seen by 80,000 people in one night. And I'm like, oh, my God. Ooh, all right, let's figure this one out. So I went to Google and actually elance.com where you can outsource stuff. Uh, yeah. I found an animator. And mm -hmm. so it's a really great lesson and takeaway there is as long as you know it's within your means and what you mm -hmm. can accomplish, just say yes and figure it out later. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So you were able to do a test run. You had, it was 96 shirts on the first run. Mm -hmm. And now you've sold 20,000 shirts all over the place. And I'm sure that number is growing every single day. How do you take something so small where you've built this list of, you know, 3,000 people and you've sold your first 96 and grow it to that big 20,000 number? And how long does that take? Yeah, so definitely. Um, I actually ended up selling my t-shirt business four years later, so I no longer have it. Um, but it, it was definitely a lot of ups and downs. So it was once I got the confidence that I can, I can reach out to yoga studios and sell it to them. Then I started making a list of spas and gift shops mm. and all of that. Um, but then I was also focusing on selling online, and part of selling online was obviously getting traffic to my website. So what I did with that, because this was before um, before Facebook, before Pinterest, before Instagram, it was back in like 2007 and 2008, and I don't think I even got on Facebook until late 2009. So, um, so I definitely didn't have those at my disposal, but what I knew enough about marketing is that I knew that if I could get in magazines and if I can get featured on some really popular blogs, then I could get traffic back to my website, and if it's the right audience, then people will see the t-shirts and hopefully fall in love with them and buy them. So I started seeking out PR and at first I did it myself. I had a couple of success stories, but I, and then I had a couple of big no's and I was like, okay, I just don't have the connections. I need to hire a PR firm. So I ended up hiring a PR firm for three months and worked with them. And interestingly, they got me some placements and I learned a little bit about the PR industry. Um, I, I learned from them, but I still felt like I was paying way too much money just for a couple of media mentions and I wanted to do it on my own. So I um, fired my, or not fired, that's the wrong word, but I ended up my, I ended my contract with the PR agency and I started taking online courses, what little was available then. Um, I read PR books, I subscribed to blogs for PR experts and really learned about PR. And then I thought I can do it on my own. And slowly but surely, I figured it out. I subscribed to a media database. I started learning about editorial calendars and how magazine editors look for certain things during certain months of the year. And because my products were, they're a bit on the higher end in terms of a price. Um, they were anywhere from like 28 to $34 for the short sleeves and then 50 plus for the long sleeve. Mm. So it, it was definitely... Um, uh, not like an average t-shirt for $10. So I positioned my t-shirts as really great gifts that you can give someone. And because they had inspirational phrases on them, oftentimes people would buy them for their friends, for their mom, for their sister, you know, for their teacher or and stuff like that. So I really ran with this idea of positioning my t-shirts as a great gift item. So I would pitch for Valentine's Day gifts and Mother's Day gifts and Father's Day gifts and baby gifts and holiday gifts and all of that. 
and I ended up getting to study press throughout the year because every few months there's some sort of major national holiday that has to do with giving gifts. And um, and I think that worked really well for me because a lot of people would be okay with spending $30 on a t-shirt as a gift and not everyone would be will okay to spend that on themselves, even though a lot of people still do spend that on themselves. But I found both of these markets and, um, and this PR thing and really... I made a conscious effort to focus on PR and do it regularly and constantly reach out. And that just meant that my t-shirts are always featured and I always had a lot of traffic back to my website, which helped to increase my online sales. And at the same time, I was focusing on selling to more yoga studios, more gift shops, more spas and resorts. Um, I even did a couple of catalogs and stuff like that. So I had both the wholesale and the retail side nice. um, going at the same time. Very cool. So, and that business got sold. So you, that was going on for four years. Is that right? Yep. Mm -hmm. So 2011, um, early 2011, I sold that business. Yeah. So this is something interesting too, is that a lot of people don't realize that you can sell a business after you mm -hmm. build it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe talk a little bit about how that works. I mean, how do you find somebody who just says, you know, I want to buy what you're doing and just do it? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of people that are interested in being entrepreneurs, but they don't want to start all the way from the beginning because it does take a while, right? Like it took me four years to just get to the point where I was. And some people just want to have a business mm. and have everything up and running and then run with it and take it to the next level. And that's what happened to me. But what I I read about how to sell your business, so I you know, went to Google when I thought about the idea of possibly selling my business, and I picked up this book, I think it was called Built to Sell, okay. and it talked all about um, yeah, how to set up your business so that it's saleable when someone wants to is interested in buying it, and one of the things that I kept seeing over and over in that book was about make sure the business can run without you, and I really took that to heart and I was like, okay, what can I do so that this business business runs without me so that way when I do want to sell it, um, it's, it's sellable. So I ended up outsourcing my fulfillment. So I had a fulfillment house that did all of the packing, all of the shipping, because by that point, it was just getting to be crazy. And I would literally, I got a huge order from Whole Foods and I did nothing for a week, but pack and ship t-shirts and wow. put hang tags on them. And after that moment, it was one of those things where I realized, okay, this isn't really what I want. I'm more excited about marketing than I am about packing and shipping. And um, so I outsourced my packing and shipping. I got a virtual assistant to help with, um, with pretty much like the blogging and the newsletter and some of the, um, other administrative tasks that I didn't necessarily need to do, but I could pass on to someone else. And then I also had an accountant and I made sure that all of my numbers were in place, my taxes were done right, and all of that so that if someone comes in and they say, okay, show me your financials, that I have everything up to date. So I think having those three things really helped me to sell my business. And the fact that I was constantly getting this PR and um, I had built a system where traffic was just coming because the magazine mentions kept on being really steady and that really made it for an appealing business to someone. And I ended up listing my business on, um, on a yoga. It was interesting, uh, but it was a yoga website that had a list of yoga studios. It was actually one of the 
websites that I was researching when I first started, but they also had a list of um, yoga opportunities for, and it was different yoga businesses for sale and um, different yoga products. So I thought, well, I sell a lot to yoga studios. Maybe someone in the yoga market might be interested. And interestingly enough, I found someone who was a yoga teacher and she wanted to start her own yoga related business. Um, but she didn't necessarily want to start a yoga studio. So she ended up buying that business from me. And, um, and yeah, it was a, pr a pretty smooth process. I don't know if that's the norm yeah. of you when it comes to selling a business, but um, yeah, it was really smooth for me because I had all of these things in place. And I interviewed, because I had a lot of people who emailed me that they were interested in buying it. And ev every single time I would interview someone or I would talk to them, they would say, oh, uh, do, how much do you work? Can this do, you know, can this run without you? And that was a question that I kept on getting asked over and over and over again. So I was like, okay, this book had some really great advice because a lot of people, even though they want to run a business, they don't want to constantly be in it and be working 24 seven. And um, so I think that really worked to my advantage. And I think this is something that a lot of people don't even know exists. I mean, you can mm -hmm. find businesses that are already up and moving. And we actually, we interviewed Ace Chapman, I think a little while back, mm -hmm. and he talks all about buying a business that already exists. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I didn't even know existed. So when I started my business, I was like, man, I, I could have done this a little <laughs> bit differently. But mm -hmm. the best part about it is you don't have to keep it forever. You can sell it. Mm -hmm. And so that that's a really good point for everyone listening in to look into that and, you know, maybe consider buying a business that's already out there. And mm -hmm. a lot of the work to set that up is done for you. You know, they already have a website. They already have clients. They just mm -hmm. want, you know, a new person to run the show there. Yeah, exactly. And I think, too, I sold my business when it was doing really, really well. Um, so I think that's another thing that was appealing to someone because it was already like up here and right. not something that they had to struggle to get it back up and running. So I think that's something which might be counterintuitive because I feel like oftentimes you might think, well, my business is not doing so well. Maybe I should close it or sell it. But maybe think about selling it when it's doing really well, because then you can um, you can sell it for more, you can hand someone off a much more successful business and everybody wins. So, yeah. Nice. And so <clears throat> once that's sold, how do you find the next thing? You know, it's, uh, you kind of, you found t-shirts at the yoga, so did you go back and take a yoga class and just saw something <laughs> else and started the next thing? That's, yeah, that's a good question. So I, um, it's interesting because there were other t-shirt entrepreneurs that would find my website and this is what I did too when I first started. I would go to other websites that were selling t-shirts and sort of follow what they were doing and sub sign up for their newsletter and see what media mentions and trade shows they were doing and all of that. And about three years into my business, I started getting a lot of emails from people saying, I want to start a t-shirt business too. Where do you get your t-shirts? How do you get into magazines? Can you recommend a screen printer? Can you help me with this? And I, at first I'd be like, sure, here's who I used, you know, here's my screen printer. And then other people started saying the same questions or asking me the same questions. So I thought maybe I could write an ebook on how to do this. And that way I don't have to answer every single question. I can just send people to my ebook. So I 
I wrote her an ebook on how to start a t-shirt business and I sold I think I sold maybe like 250 300 copies of it wow. um with, with like within that year before I sold my t-shirt business and then I started having other people saying okay I've read your ebook I love it and I want more can I hire you to consult with me you know one hour a month and I'd love to just jump on the phone with you and you can teach me even more in depth at what's in the ebook. So I said, sure, I'll, you know, I'll do that. I'll try it if someone's willing to pay me, right? Why not do it? Um, so I took on five clients. I emailed, as soon as I decided that I was going, going to take on clients, I emailed every single person that bought my t-shirt ebook and I said, hey, I'm offering one-on-one -on -one consulting. Um, I have five slots, it's $500 a month for three months. Here's the PayPal link if you want to sign up. And I sold out of those spots within a day. Wow. And I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. I think I'm onto something here. So I um, that kind of led me to realize that I loved teaching other entrepreneurs and sharing what I what I had learned and helping other people sort of avoid the mistakes that I did when when I first got started, because um, I definitely did learn a lot in those four years. So I. Um, sold out of my coaching spots and I that's when I was trying to decide if I should sell my t-shirt business or not so I was like okay I really love this coaching and I have this passion for helping entrepreneurs so maybe I can't really do both I, I was not willing or I couldn't really do both at all so I decided to sell my t-shirt business and focus on the consulting and then as I started working with clients I realized that this can go for any product it can apply to clothing it can apply to beauty products and eco products and food and you know stationary and so on so that's when I was like okay maybe I'll start blogging and I'll share my t-shirt tips but I can also talk about how this applies to other products so then I slowly started building an email list and a readership wow. from other people who would find my blog who were also looking to launch a product so a lot of it I think in my early days was so much about SEO and my content. So for example, I would write a blog post titled, you know, do I need a barcode or, or things like that, like questions that I was constantly looking for the answers to or um, how to buy t-shirt blanks really cheap or things like that. So I started blogging about that and then people started finding my blog and signing up for my newsletter. And then uh, I still kept doing one-on-one -on -one consulting with other entrepreneurs. And then I thought about launching a course and, um, I created my first course, it was $47, put it out there and send an email to my list and I said, here, I have this great course, this is something that a lot of you have been wanting to know and it was about how to get their products in stores. So I launched that course, had 50 people buy it wow. um, and, and I was like, oh my God, this is another thing where I followed that, that intuition about me really enjoying this and other people really needing the service and um that's how this sort of evolves so what i'm doing now is i no longer do one-on-one -on -one because it's just impossible <laughs> um i probably be working all the time but now I have courses that people can sign up for and they can learn how to get in stores how to get in magazines and how to market their product business online so that's how that grew um, it's definitely not one of those things that I knew I wanted to do I sort of just followed it and um, it's worked out so far yeah and that's really important is to just kind of follow where where it goes so many people are so worried about where am I going to be one year, two year, five years from now? 
and they don't realize that just like you, you might discover something out of the first thing that you try. I mean, you tried t-shirts and now you're teaching people or you were teaching people how to uh, create their own businesses out of it. And that led to one-on-one coaching and now it's led to online membership websites. So it's really neat to see where that path has taken you. And it was never something that you really planned out from the start Mm -hmm. of here's what I'm going to do and where I'm going to go. Uh, what advice do you have to give to people who uh, are considering, you know, starting a business to uh, get out of their nine to five job or to not have to work 40 hours a week full time? Uh, or maybe they have a business now that they just they're ready to get out of and they want to try something different. Yeah, I would say test it out on the side and see, sort of see how you like it. Um, Because there were other things that I started that I realized I absolutely didn't like doing it. Um, So if you, I know a lot of people really want that comfort of a paycheck or the steady income, and I kind of had no choice. So I had to to go full foresight. I think if I had a job, I probably would have done this on the side at first just to test it out. Um, But even if you, let's say you don't have a job, and you are in the same situation, just go for it and try it out and see what happens. But also know that you have to be flexible enough to know what's working for you and what's not working for you. Because I think as an entrepreneur, we often start our business to have a certain lifestyle, to have a certain income and to build this life around our business. But what happens oftentimes is that we get so wrapped up in the day to day and so busy that we sort of forget the reason that we started it to begin with and we want to do everything we want everything to happen now when it might take a little bit of a time to build your email list or to launch your online store or to put up your website or to have your first client and that's okay but constantly evaluate what's working for you and what's not working and i would say if something is not working think about either changing it until it's working or letting go of it and i would say my advice would be just be flexible and listen to your intuition because you know right you know even though you might not want to admit it to other people or even to yourself you know if something's working for you or not and um keep listening to yourself and tweak your business so that it fits the lifestyle that you want. And that's not to say that if you only want to have a four hour work week that you can get there tomorrow. It might take you a few years to get there. Um, but uh, just know why and also know why you're doing it. Um, Mm -hmm. what's the big, why, why are you really doing this? Why is your product or your service something that everybody has to have or not everybody, but people who would be in your target market, why should they do this or why should they buy this over someone else's? And I think if you're really clear on why you're doing what you're doing, when the times get rough and at times they will, um, uh, you're going to have that courage to keep going and the energy to keep going. Um, so that would be my advice to other entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that over the course of a 30 minute podcast show, I mean, we just covered the t-shirt visit started in 2006. Mm-hmm. That was nine years ago. So in 30 minutes, yeah. we make it seem like it's really <laughs> easy and this happened overnight, but this definitely mm-hmm. did it. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's good to just keep that in mind. And I guess my thing I would add to that is you know, when you wake up every morning, usually you go into the bathroom and you see yourself in the mirror and take a shower or whatever. Look in the mirror and think, you know, is what I'm about to do today something that I really want to do? 
And if the answer is no, then you've got to figure out how to change it. Maybe you don't have to figure out that day, but I think like that week, you need to start to figure out a plan to change that. And that might mean uh, quitting your job. That might mean starting a new business. That might mean reading a new book. You know, it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be such a radical change, but starting somewhere and realizing that uh, this is your life to live. And uh, I think the best way to live it is entrepreneurship. I know I'm a little bit one-sided, but, you know, just for (laughs) everyone listening in, you got to figure out what's best for you. Yeah, and I love what you said about looking at yourself in the mirror because I know for me, there's everyone's like, oh, Monday, I have to go back to work. And it's like, for me, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't wait for Monday like to get back to work and, and get going and work again. So even though sometimes I work weekends too, but like I look forward to Mondays and I get excited. And for me, that's a good sign that I'm doing something, at least for right now, mm-hmm. that excites me and that I'm passionate about. Great. Well, you know, let's leave the listeners and viewers with a couple websites or some places they can mm-hmm. find out more about you and, you know, learn about how to start their own business if they're interested in doing that and uh, to follow you online. Yeah. So the best place to follow me online is at launchgrowjoy.com. And there's links to all of my social media um, profiles there as well. Perfect. And there to find out about your uh, your online membership site is on there too? Um, yep. There's also a different URL for that. It's getmediahappy.com. Um, so either launchgrowjoy.com or getmediahappy.com. Perfect. Well, Andrea, it was great to talk to you today. And I hope you get to enjoy the rest of your Monday because I know this is the day that you look forward yeah. to the most. <laughs> and uh, we'll be talking to you real soon. All right, thank you so much, Zephan, for having me on. All right, have a good one. You too. You've probably heard me talk about designing a life that you actually want to live. You might have even heard about my travels or experiences and thought to yourself, yeah, I do want to do that. Eventually, someday I'll probably do it. And my guess is that you've been thinking about doing it for a long time. So I want to tell you this. Stop thinking. Your time is right now. You don't need any more time. You don't need any more info. You don't need to keep putting it off and planning for the perfect time because the truth of the matter is this. You could be the person who sits around and thinks about living a better life, or you can be the person that decides that today is the day that you're going to actually do it, and I want that for you. Because you already have what it takes. You've got a fire inside. Even if you can't see it right now, it's lit, but you need to open yourself up to the possibilities and throw a couple logs into the flames. So join me and the Your Purpose tribe by subscribing to our YouTube channel and iTunes podcast. And if you really like us, please leave a review. This is Zephan Moses Blacksburg, and I can't wait to see you again on the Year of Purpose podcast.